5th of January 2022. The death of His Royal Highness Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. You silent? I'm Andrew Buckalow, and I've got news for you. Well, it's a new year, and you know who'll be pretty thrilled about that? The royal family. What a shocker they had in 2021. Harry hung them out to dry with a series of devastating interviews. There was a major death, and the family's reputation was tarnished with accusations of racism. Today, we're going to take an in-depth look at the three most shocking royal moments from last year, and we'll reveal why 2022 could be just as bad for them. Daniela Elsa is a journalist and news.com.au contributor who's been covering the Royals for years. She is here to run us through the most shocking Royal moments from 2021. Daniela, what's up first? Hey, Bucky. Okay, so first we have to probably get into the Oprah interview, which was probably the first big thing that happened in the year and, you know, really can't be underestimated for how seismic its effect was and will continue to be. So rewind to late February, news breaks that Harry and Meghan are going to give their first real big interview since they'd quit the year before. Um, Now, by this point, you know, Harry himself had done just a, a short interview with James Corden on the late, late show but look it was all pretty jokey it was him riding around on a bus and sort of it, it wasn't particularly in depth but you know Oprah was always going to be a completely different kettle of fish because a it was going to be two hours and, and b it was with someone who is you know a really skilled interviewer um, and it was also Megan giving her side of things which we had not heard before so sort of going into this, I think everyone knew that it was going to be pretty, you know, they were going to sit down and really lay out why they had left, lay out the reasons why they had quit and sort of quit so spectacularly. But I don't think anyone had any notion of just sort of the absolute bombardment they were about to, to unleash on the royal family. <laughs> Absolutely. It was shocking, wasn't it? Completely. And look, I remember watching it and just, you know, my mouth was honestly hanging open and and I remember sort of even just 20 minutes in and there'd already been so many huge revelations just thinking where can it can it go from here and and, and you know and it kept sort of you know there'd be one bombshell revelation and then you know 30 seconds later you'd get another one it was it was really hard to keep up and you know I think something like 50 or 60 million people worldwide ended up watching it um yeah which is pretty wild but I think what obviously really sets it apart is just the picture that Harry and especially Megan painted of, of what they'd gone through. And I think, you know, obviously one of the, if not the biggest thing, the biggest, um, you know, allegation she made was that there had been, quote, conversations about Archie's skin colour before he was born and, and that there was a question mark over whether he would be made a prince as he automatically should be when Charles becomes king. Yeah, let's just have a listen to some of the audio from the interview. Hold up, hold up. There's several right conver- there are several conversations. There's a about conversation it. with you with Harry about how dark your baby is going to be? Potentially and what that would mean or look like. Ooh. That conversation <laughs> I'm never going to share. Um, but at the time at the time it was awkward. I was a bit shocked. Um, can you can you tell us what the question was? No. I don't, I'm not comfortable sharing that. Yeah, so that was a massive allegation. We still don't have any idea which royal it was that asked that question, do we? 
No, we don't. So, uh, look, a biography came out um, in late 2021 that that alleged that it was Prince Charles who'd made a comment over breakfast about skin colour, um, whether that was the reference to skin colour that sort of Megan had been talking about. We don't know. But the only thing, you know, we can say for sure is that Harry came out um, via journalist Gail King after the interview and said it hadn't been the Queen or Prince Philip. So no one really has any idea. But I think, you know, that that allegation of, of institutional racism is one that, you know, nearly a year on from that moment, the royal family has not really dealt with. They haven't addressed it. You know, yeah. the afterwards the Queen came out and put out a statement saying, you know, recollections may vary. But that I just don't think that's quite good enough, you know, at a time when the Queen is the head of the Commonwealth, um, an organisation with billions of, of people of colour around the world. I don't think it's, you can't just sort of dismiss it and say it didn't happen. And I think that that is one of the legacies of this Oprah interview that the royal family hasn't dealt with and it continues to fester. And let's just talk about another massive aspect from that interview, which was Megan talking about her mental health and her struggles. Absolutely. So, look, the other, you know, really huge thing here was was Megan talking about how um, after she'd married into the royal family that she started to suffer suicidal thoughts, just how, how badly her mental health suffered. Look, I was really ashamed to say it at the time and ashamed to have to admit it to Harry especially. Um because I know how much loss he suffered. Mm-hmm. But I knew that if I didn't say it, that I would do it. And I, I just didn't, I just didn't want to be alive anymore. And the other really shocking thing was that she talked about how when she went to the institution, when she went to the Royal Family to try and get some help, they really callously and um, sort of rebuffed her and said, well, sorry, no, you can't. And I think one of the really interesting things about this is that you know, what Harry and Megan both really sort of talked about in, in this interview, which was about how much they'd suffered in the royal family, really echoed and brought to mind the point that Diana was making mm. in the 90s, which was pretty much the same thing, which was that if you marry into the royal family, you will suffer. And I think, you know, the bigger picture of the, of the Oprah interview is that Harry and Megan sort of raised this idea that to marry into the royal family or to be a member of the royal family is to suffer, that it sort of exacts this incredibly high personal toll. And I think that is one of the things that they have talked about and raised that the royal family at some point is going to have to address and deal with. In just a moment, we'll take a look at the death that rocked the monarchy to its core. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. All right, Daniela, time to talk about the second most shocking moment from 2021. What was that? So that would have to be the death of Prince Philip. Mm. So, look, you know, going into 2021, you know, he was set to turn 100 in June. I, for one, was totally and irrationally confident that he was going to make it just because, (laughs) you know, he'd sort of bounced back from health scares time and time again. That sadly didn't quite happen. So in late February, he was hospitalised and supposedly as a precaution and then sort of as the weeks dragged on, you know, the picture got a bit 
darker and darker. In mid-March, he he went home from hospital and there's sort of a final photo of him being driven away and he just looked so shockingly gaunt. Mm. And, you know, it wasn't a huge surprise when a month later on April 9, he passed away at Windsor Castle with the Queen. So I don't think it's his death per se that was shocking, but I think, you know, the impact on the Queen is something that we can't really underestimate here. You know, the, the story goes that she first saw him when she was um, only eight years old at a wedding at Westminster Abbey of, of one of their cousins. You know, we know for sure they met in person when she was 13 in 1939. Throughout the course of World War II, they corresponded and wrote to each other. Sort of things took off in a romantic sense when she was 18 and they got engaged when she was 20. So, you know, they've been together there in her entire life. and. Yeah. Famously, the Queen called Philip once her strength and stay in a speech to mark their 50th wedding anniversary. And, and I don't really think it, like it's, it's not just a platitude, you know, because how many people can the Queen trust to have her back? Absolutely. How many people can she speak to as a normal person? You know, to everyone else, she's the Queen or she's, you know, the head of state. But to, to him, she was his wife. And I think that loss of that, that person in her life must have been really devastating. Yeah, Prince Charles was the first person to speak publicly after Prince Philip's death. Let's have a listen to what he had to say. My dear papa was a, was a very special person who I think above all else would have been amazed by the reaction and the touching things that have been said about him. And from that point of view, we are, my family, deeply grateful for all that. It will sustain us in this particular loss and at this particularly sad time. Now, even though his death was kind of expected, as you said, I was kind of surprised by the uh, just the massive amount of grief felt by the public. Why do you think that was? I think the bigger thing is that with his death, it would sort of the beginning of the end of, of, of a chapter of royal history. Right. The Queen's only a few years younger than him and I think it really reminded everyone that despite how hardy she seems and, you know, sometimes it seems like she might live forever, that that sadly that that's just not the case at all. Um, and then sort of, look, the other big thing that came off the back of Prince Philip's passing was the return of Prince Harry to the UK. Mm. So for the first time since Megxit and only a few weeks after the Oprah interview, Harry gets on a plane and, and goes back to the UK for the funeral. And, and we watched, you know, Harry be reunited with his family, um, which was a pretty uh, fascinating moment. So um, I don't know if you remember, but sort of after the funeral, everyone sort of milling around. What happened was Prince Charles had, had waved off the cars that were meant to drive them up the hill back to Windsor Castle. And they all walked. And we sort of we see Kate starting to speak to Harry. And she sort of subtly engineers this moment of, of William and Harry coming together and then you know, very, very neatly sort of steps back. And so very conveniently, shall we say, in, in full view of the press and, and live TV cameras, we watch William and Harry speak to one another. And look, I don't want to sound too cynical here, but the fact that this big moment that had been sort of constantly speculated about and talked about happened in clear view of all the media. <laughs> I don't know if that's much of an accident. But I think, you know, even the fact that this was such a big moment and, and made news that Harry and William had spoken to one another really is an indication of how bad things had gotten and sort of how far things had fallen from only a few years before. So we've seen Harry return. We've yet to see Meghan return, maybe in 2022. In just a moment, we'll take a look at how Harry twisted the knife even further into the royal family after his explosive interview with Oprah. 
I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, Daniela, it's time to talk about the third most shocking royal moment from 2021. And once again, it had to do with little Prince Harry. It did indeed. And Oprah Winfrey. I don't know (laughs) if anyone quite would have expected that two of the biggest royal stories of the year would involve Oprah. But, you know, such is is life. So back in 2019, which feels like it was about a million years ago, (laughs) um, Kensington Palace announces that Harry's teaming up with Oprah to make a, a TV series about mental health for Apple, um, look, which seemed to, to make perfect sense. You know, mental health was and is one of the, the big issues he works on and talks about. Um, and, you know, so that was that. And then sort of nothing happened. And then May 2021, we um, we finally get a trailer for this series. We find out it's called The Me You Can't See. And, and we start to get a sense of just quite how incendiary really this is going to be um, and then it's not just talking about mental health but it's Harry talking about his mental health mm. so in May to promote the show he goes on a podcast called Armchair Ex- Expert and gives a, a pretty extraordinary interview which sort of in the same vein as the Oprah one really really sort of threw the royal family a bit under the bus you know and he talked about being stuck in a cycle of quote pain and suffering in the royal family and said that growing up um, with sort of the scrutiny and the attention that comes with being royal as being a mix between the Truman Show and being in the zoo. In my early 20s I was a case of like I just I don't want this job I don't want to be here I don't want to be doing this look what it did to my mum how am I ever gonna settle down and have a wife and a family when I know that it's gonna happen again. It really sort of doubled down on the picture that he painted in Oprah and then the series comes out and we get sort of another serving again and he accused the family of of total neglect in an episode of the show and it was just really, you know, again, like it was sort of like this rat-a-tat-tat of just really negative commentary about what his life had been like and I think the thing about, about sort of Oprah and this podcast interview and then the me you can't see is that, you know, he, he's a whistleblower. He's not someone who's sort of married into the royal family or had this brief experience of what it's like to be inside this bizarre environment. He's grown up in it and he's sort of, you know, he's turned whistleblower and he's mm. coming out into the world and saying this is what it's really like and it's a really negative picture that he's painting. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's have a listen to what he had to say about his dad, Prince Charles, in The Me You Can't See. My father used to say to me when I was younger, he used to say to both William and I, well, it was like that for me so it's going to be like that for you. That doesn't make sense. Just because you suffered, that doesn't mean that your kids have to suffer. In fact, quite the opposite. If you suffered, do everything you can to make sure that whatever experiences you, negative experiences that you had, that you can make it right for your kids. Yeah, so pretty damning comments there from Prince Harry talking about Prince Charles's parenting skills. Um, is that it? I mean, the royal family will kind of be hoping that Harry's going to shut up now. Oh, of course not. <laughs> I really, really don't think that. In fact, that's definitely not going to happen. So what we do know for sure is that Harry is currently hard at work on on writing a memoir. He's got a ghostwriter, but he will be releasing his autobiography in the second half of 2022. And look, I, I think the chances of him just writing a sort of a nice, warm, affectionate story about his upbringing are absolutely nil. Um, And, you know, I think in some ways maybe 2021 was just 
giving us a taste of, of what is to come. You know, if Harry has an entire book to really detail what he's experienced and the way he's been treated and things that people have said to him and also to his wife, Megan, you know, I think could even be potentially much more damaging than, than sort of the interviews he's done thus far. So I think there'll be a lot more of the same to come in 2022 for the royal family. And you'd think that the person that would be dreading that the most would be Prince Charles. You know, he's the heir apparent. He's going to be king soon. And now he's got all these damning revelations that are going to be hanging around his neck and probably clouding his first few years as king. Absolutely. And look, you know, I think Charles had, you know, Charles has spent the last 20 years trying to claw back his reputation after the end of his marriage with Diana, you know, sort of slowly build up this grudging respect from, you know, Britons about what sort of leader he might be. And people are never going to love Charles in the way that they love the Queen or perhaps they might love Prince George. But I think he sort of, he'd, he'd made some headway in, in, you know, building his standing and improving his standing. And then all of Harry's revelations, sort of Charles's parenting, have really, I'd say, put a bit of a dent in that. And there's exactly what Charles doesn't need as we sort of get closer and closer to that moment that, that he ascends to the throne. Oh, I can't wait to read Harry's autobiography. That is going to be one juicy book, isn't it? Maybe he'll give a copy to uh, Charles for Father's Day. Hmm, That should go down well. Uh, Thanks for listening to I've Got News For You. I'll chat to you again tomorrow.